Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Great to be with you here on this Monday as we kickstart the week. One note, I know this has been everywhere. It's going to be really, really hot this week. The heat index is unbelievable uh, as some future days later in the week. So I've seen some of the JV football games that are always played on Monday coming out of the weekend some of those have been postponed or even canceled and i expect we're going to have a crazy week as far as uh, sports go high school sports a lot of things will be adjusted i would say later into the evening maybe with start times a little later than normal or perhaps even postponed to a later date but definitely uh, something to keep an eye on this week not just for sports obviously but for health and safety as well as Uh, Heat indexes are going to be very, very concerning a lot this week, so we'll keep an eye on those and how it affects sports as well coming up here in the uh, week. Also, lots to get to coming out of the weekend. Um, Tons of things, little notes and tidbits that we'll get to here in the opening segment. Let's look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment. We'll have those headlines and news coming up a little bit later in the show. We'll be joined in segment two. Uh, by our regular Monday guest, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach will be with us to talk the very latest in IU basketball and football and more, and we are ever so close to the start of the college football season, that's for sure. Coming up later in the hour, Chad Gilbert. Chad is the athletic director at Charlestown High School and an IHSA executive board member. So with Chad, we catch up on week one of high school football and it wasn't a banner week the silver creek charlestown game it was great it was a fantastic high school football game to start the season other than silver creek rallying to win the only other local winner out of the football playing schools in clark and floyd counties was providence providence had a big win 56-6 on friday night so the dragons and the pioneers start off the season one and oh everybody else Uh, no win, no success in the opening week of the season. But it's still early and a lot of important games coming up here as we get into weeks two, three, and beyond. Uh, That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And uh, let's remind you the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502 414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in your questions, your comments, or you at the Fan Fest, which really had a change in agenda on Saturday 
for IU basketball. I know everyone was excited about a scrimmage and a slam dunk contest and the three-point activities. Uh, that all got changed because of a late NCAA rule change and became more of a meet and greet and autograph session and some other things with fans out on the court, but really no on-the-court activities for the IU basketball. That's men's and women's, as I know a lot of people hoped and uh, had plans to go up there for that. So, uh, But were you there? Did you like the new format that was forced by the NCAA? You can send anything you've got to us at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, let's get into our headlines today. First and foremost, a number of IU basketball things I want to get to. It was released over the weekend, actually on Friday, that Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway have been named captains for the 2023-24 IU basketball team. No surprise there uh, that those two voted by their players, their co-players as captains, co-captains for the upcoming season. Johnson entering his third year at Indiana. Um, and, uh, of course, Galloway uh, back expected to play a uh, key role in things. Uh, and, I, and I just got a text here. Thank you, whoever that is that texted me. I said Silver Creek Rally, Charlestown Rally to win. So the Pirates and um, the Pioneers get wins, not the Silver Creek Dragons. Excuse me for that. It's Monday. So thank you. Uh, but, yes, uh, Trey Galloway and Xavier Johnson have been named uh, co-captains for IU basketball. For the upcoming season. Of course, Galloway, the son of a coach, his father, Mark Galloway, has been a longtime coach in our state. Uh, so that is, uh, you know, he, he's a leader. He's going to have to be a leader. I think everybody expects that from him and more this season. But those two guys, no surprise that they have been named captains uh, for the upcoming season. One other IU basketball note coming out of the weekend is that according to Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com, Indiana is adding two transfers as walk-ons for the upcoming 23-24 college basketball season. One of the walk-ons, a transfer from Air Force, his name is Jordan Rayford, and then the second transfer is a junior college player from last season. His name is Jackson Creel. Rayford is a six-foot-five combo guard. Creel, who is from Illinois, Mount Vernon to be specific, uh, is a six-foot-five wing. He played last season at Wren Lake Junior College over in Illinois. And Krill is the son of a coach as well. He averaged 13.9 points, 4.8 rebounds, and 3.7 assists last season in junior college basketball. So two new names for the roster for the upcoming season. I don't expect and don't think anybody does either of those guys to get a lot of run, to get a lot of opportunity. But, you know, Indiana does have one scholarship spot on the roster for next season that is still open, and so Rayford and Creel uh, added as walk-ons for the upcoming season. Kind of interesting, those guys, I believe, came out of the transfer portal. They were hanging around seeing if they could get any late interest, and I'm sure when scholarship opportunities perhaps didn't present themselves, a walk-on spot at Indiana is a good situation. So uh, that's two new names for the IU basketball roster for the upcoming year. Also, one recruiting note, actually a couple recruiting notes here in this opening segment of interest. There's a four-star player named Anor Boating, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He's a top 40 player in the 2024 class over the weekend. He confirmed that he is going to take an official visit to Bloomington this fall. Uh, he will be on the campus the weekend of September 29th, according to Peegs. And uh, this will be Boating's first visit with IU and Mike Woodson as far as being on the campus. So he's number 39 in the country, according to 247 Sports and he's listed as the 12th best small forward 
in the 2024 class and the number one player out of his home state of Arkansas. So he's another key name that's percolating out there in 2024 recruiting for the Hoosiers. I think a lot of people expect Liam McNeely maybe to commit to IU coming up a little bit later this fall when he's there on his visit, but definitely a number of names, and Boating is in that group of top-tier players Indiana seems to uh, be after and have been after for some time. A newer name, at least for me, Curtis Gibbons, another 2024 player. Uh, he has set an official visit to the Bloomington campus. He's going to be there very soon coming up on the weekend of September 8th, 9th, and 10th, I saw over the weekend. Givens is from Montverde Academy, believe it or not. Indiana with so many connections there recently in recruiting, whether it's current players or former players like Jalen Hujafino and Malik Renu. But Givens played this summer with uh, Mokan Elite. I believe he is originally from uh, Missouri, the state of Missouri, playing high school basketball now at the factory, you could call it, Montverde Academy down in Montverde, Florida. Gibbons is number 54 nationally in the 2024 class, and he's the number five point guard in the class. I do know he got a scholarship offer from Indiana. I believe it was back in April. And if my memory serves correct, it may have came right after the first evaluation for college coaches back in the spring. Indiana watched him and I believe then offered him a scholarship, but definitely another name to remember and to watch in the 2024 class. Last week, to close the week, one of the things we discussed Friday was Mike Woodson getting a big salary raise, a $1 million raise for each of the remaining seasons on his current contract. And we talked last week with uh, our guest on Friday, where does that put Mike Woodson in the Big Ten? And even further, where does it put him in the country as far as his pay level as an elite college basketball coach at a program that's considered a blue blood? And I know some people would debate Indiana without the lack of national championships or Final Four success, would you still consider them a blue blood? Absolutely, I would, as far as my classification of college basketball for whatever it's worth. But Woodson's new salary puts him third in the Big Ten Conference, so he's the third highest paid coach in the Big Ten. And uh, in the Big Ten, Michigan State's Tom Izzo, I think we all know that. He leads the way at $6.2 million per year. And actually second is Brad Underwood of Illinois, and he is making basically the same as Mike Woodson, around $4.2 million per year. As far as overall in college basketball, Mike Woodson's salary puts him in the top 10 of college basketball, and I think that's where it has to be for a program like Indiana with the history and the success and the vision to get back there. And I think it's wonderful to see Indiana bump him up. Indiana's trending in the right direction. Long way to go. Long way to get the tournament success that all Indiana fans want to see, some more consistency that they want to see. But definitely in Woodson's tenure, whether it's on-the-court stuff, whether it's development for the NBA, like Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Huchifino, whether it's uh, wins and conference success within reason or recruiting. There have been some big recruiting wins, and I feel like there will be more to come for Mike Woodson here this fall to close out 2023. Uh, his salary is, I think, good for him and the future of IU basketball in that position. High school football over the weekend, now that we got it correct, and I'm not misspeaking anymore here, Charlestown a big win, a 28-13 over Silver Creek. Uh, the Dragons did get active in the second and third period. They made it a little tighter. Silver Creek jumped out to an 8-0 lead at the end of the first period. Silver Creek came racing back in the second to score a touchdown. It was 8-7 at halftime. Each team scored a touchdown but failed to convert uh, the kick or the uh, two-point conversion in the third period. And then Charlestown 
ice the ball game with 14 points, two touchdowns in the fourth period. A great game by Charlestown quarterback Clay McClelland in our preview of high school football, talking about the upcoming season. I've mentioned I feel like he's going to be one of the big names, especially at the quarterback spot here in our local area this year. And he got his season started in a big way, helping the Pirates to a 28-13 win over their rival. Uh, Great crowd, great new stadium on Friday at Silver Creek. I know the Dragons probably spoiled a little bit that they couldn't get the victory on their home field to debut things. But that game is so good for high school football in the area. And it's a rivalry game, a conference week in the first week of play. And uh, just great to see how that one played out. And it was pretty competitive. Charlestown struck first. Charlestown uh, struck second. It was a close game at halftime, close game in the third period. And then really that uh, two-touchdown fourth quarter. And Silver Creek scoreless in the fourth quarter is what helped the Pirates cruise on to a victory there. But a big win for Charlestown. Now we'll see if they can do it again because they'll take on another conference rival, Brownstown, on Friday night. Uh, at Charlestown, so the home opener for the Pirates, and uh, Brownstown had a 42-6 win over Gordon Central in the first week of football. The other local winner here in our Clark and Floyd County area, uh, Providence, the Cruz, to a win over 4A Indianapolis, Washington, and I think this Providence team, I've said this, in 1A sectional 48, I think they've got a great chance to have a successful season and maybe a little postseason run, we'll see. But we'll find out more against about the Pioneers in week two as well because they take on a solid Louisville Holy Cross team. That's always that's been a great game the last few years. I remember last year like a one point, two point game, kind of a crazy finish to that ball game, if I'm thinking correctly. But that should be a good one on Friday night, Providence and Louisville Holy Cross. I think it'll be a great game here in week two of the high school football season. Just glad that high school football's back. It just feels right on Friday night to have the scores to keep up with and to be talking with our coaches and tracking what's going on. So uh, great stuff to see Charlestown and Providence get victories uh, to start off week one of the high school football season. That's our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join us. Zach is at IU football practice. There's some openings today for media to get in and some interview opportunities. So Zach will join us to share what he sees there. We'll get into IU basketball. We'll recap the Fan Fest and the NCAA rule that forced all the changes with that. And a lot more coming up. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. With us right now, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach is actually at IU football uh, for a open practice, or at least portions of an open practice today in Bloomington. So, Zach, thanks for being with us from the road. Hey, how we doing? All right, uh, let's uh, start with basketball and work our way 
to football, Zach, the Fan Fest on Saturday night. I know a lot of people here were excited to make the trip and get an early taste maybe of IU basketball, maybe see a scrimmage, see some activities on the court with players, and the kids enjoy photos and autographs with players afterwards. But it didn't end up being that because of a late NCAA ruling that I think came out sometime Thursday afternoon or early evening that basically has now barred players from participating uh, in these type of events. So it's an NIL opportunity. The ticket money goes to the collective there, but it, it didn't play out the way I know the event organizers had hoped that it would. Yeah, I think I think specifically, I think it's the on-court stuff. That's my understanding anyway, and I, I, I didn't get super deep into it, but I think it's the on-court stuff. And if I'm not mistaken, Carolina and Duke kind of also got a little bit uh, uh what what is sort of you know I don't know what the word I'm looking for is kind of off track um, with this um, because obviously I think more and more schools have seen the value of something like this. You talk about the, the fan interaction; it is an easy way to to generate some nil money and also just some energy. I think you know I think the the idea behind it is you know I think Eric Dankowski is one of the two. Um, um, guys who sort of lead organizers for it, you know, said last year he, he he wants it to feel like almost like spring training for basketball. You know, it's it's close enough to the season that people are excited, but it's far enough from the season that it's maybe not a distraction or not something where you know players aren't going to feel you know com- players are maybe going to be so close to the season that they're a little bit sort of. Um, you know, they're just they're, their minds are elsewhere. If you want to see their focus is elsewhere, um, you know, we can have a separate debate about the <laughs> why the NCAA is worrying about this versus something else. And I'm sure if the NCAA were here, they'd say, "Listen, there's you know, we can make a case for you know X, Y, or Z being something that's important, something that's necessary." But um, it is it is something that I think I think again, my understanding was Indiana's wasn't the only one, wasn't the only event to kind of get. Uh, kind of get knocked sideways from this, this very late ruling. Because this was something that, you know, Indiana did last year, too. There were no problems with it. There was no, um, they had a, a, a scrimmage, a dunk contest, all those things. But this year, the, I guess, for whatever reason, the NCAA decided the, the off uh, or the on-court stuff was, was off-limits. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, talking about the Fan Fest in Bloomington. I know a few people that I think maybe did not go when they found out they couldn't see the on-the-court stuff or that that wouldn't happen. Uh, have you talked to anybody that was there? Or did you cover the event on Saturday tonight to know what the turnout was like and how the late decision, the late change by the NCAA affected the event? To be honest, no. I, um, I, I'm, I'm very much entering that phase in, uh, in parenthood where the kids are starting to have activities pile up between soccer and Cub Scouts and, um, you know, just trying to get different people to different places. And, uh, so I, I, I will, I will plead the ignorance of, of just not really having interacted with it much. Again, I know it was a successful event last year. They had, you know, a skills clinic as well. And I think they have some, some slightly more exclusive events. I know they had a golf scramble last year and things like that, but, uh, I, I will confess that I, I really never engaged with it much this year just because my weekends are, are getting chewed up by kids' stuff and they're about to get chewed up by football season, so I'm trying to pour every last every last uh, ounce of free time I have into that. Totally understand. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, 
Zach Mike Woodson a $1 million raise for each of the years remaining on his contract. Uh, thoughts on that? Is that based on his success uh, that he's had uh, with the program so far? Or your thoughts on the $1 million increase for him? It puts him uh, at the top of the Big Ten or near the top of the Big Ten, and it puts him within the top ten of college basketball overall. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, it, it doesn't add years, which is interesting just from the, the perspective of, you know, coaches always want that security. And maybe NBA coaches think about it a little differently. And obviously Woodson's also a little bit older. Um, but the the number, you know, Mike Woodson actually, I mean, listen, $3.2 million is plenty of money to you or me. Um, but, I mean, he was making less when he was hired than Archie Miller had been making when Indiana fired him. And, and, you know, you talk about where he ranks in the Big Ten now. I mean, he was very much kind of middle of the pack with, with what his initial salary, you know, and I'm talking about pre-bonuses, what his initial salary was. And, you know, I think to have gone to a couple NCAA tournaments in a row, to have obviously had, you know, some success in recruiting, some success in, in player development, and those sorts of things, uh, you know, I think it, it makes sense to, to move him up the, the pay bracket, all, especially if, you know, when you consider Indiana's kind of facing a, a pretty substantial infusion of money here from the, the new Big Ten TV deal. And I know, I know you're not going to – you shouldn't just run out and spend all that, and some of that's probably got to help plug the last of the COVID gap, and some of it's got to be, um, you know, set aside because you know you're going to be pushing more of your donations toward NIL and therefore away from the things that they would conventionally go to. And there will always be other projects like – I think the next big one is going to be uh, a substantial renovation of Memorial Stadium. But, um, you know, you, you want to compensate your coach according to what the market says is, is you know, adequate to his performance. And I think there's probably some vouch, too, for the idea that you want the job to look um, competitive as much as you, you know, it's, it's important to be paying the coach what the market says he's earned. It's also important to be able to say, look, you know, it's, you know, whenever, as and when, it's it's time to go find a new, you know, head basketball coach, whenever that is, you know, you can say the job is financially competitive. This is, if I'm not mistaken, and I'd have to go back and check Tom Crane's contract, but I'm almost certain this is the most annual guaranteed compensation an IU basketball coach has ever made. So, again, it's it's a statement for Woodson, but I think it's also fair to say it is a statement for the um, – it's a statement for the the program and kind of its stature in general. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us here on this Monday edition of the program. Zach, a couple additions to the roster for this upcoming season. There's still a scholarship spot on the roster open, but Indiana adding two transfers as walk-ons, one from Air Force and one that played junior college basketball last season over in Illinois. So kind of interesting to see that, uh, these roster changes and updates and additions in this new world of college sports, as I always say, uh, last minute or even as school starts, they're still making final decisions out there, whether it's a walk-on or even a scholarship at times. Well, and, and I mean, walk-ons, obviously, a, a ton of different things can go into that in terms of, you know, maybe opportunities players are looking for or, or any you know anything of that nature. Um, I always say this, and I know it's not the most exciting thing in the world. I think it's probably a lot more exciting for fans when, you know, a walk-on comes from, you know, is, is local, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, but, I mean, walk-ons are important. Walk-ons, you know, they, they keep your competitive, your practices competitive. There's a, 
players who are most in charge of preparing your first teamers every single day. Um, having good walk-ons is, is really important. And, and, you know, Indiana obviously said, you know, kind of goodbye to a couple of them last year. Um, Nathan Childress and, and uh, Michael Ship, and, you know, you just, you, you, it's, it's one of those little things in a program that, you know, is, is not, it's not the most important thing until suddenly, you know, maybe you've neglected it and you let it run and, you know, suddenly you don't have great depth in practice, you don't have enough bodies in practice, you know, it, walk-ons help in a variety of different ways. And so it's not an unimportant thing, even if it's obviously not maybe the sexiest thing, you know, in terms of when it happens or whatever you want to say. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, my guest. Zach, let's switch to football. The season is almost here. I don't think even after a closed scrimmage uh, last weekend, a week, uh, a week from this past Saturday ago, I don't think there's been any movement, at least that fans or the media know about with the quarterback race. Does your uh, on-campus today for practice to see what you can see and to talk with who you can speak with uh, afterwards. Uh, what's the buzz? What's the scoop as we approach this college football season now just a few weeks away? Yeah, so uh, practice is actually closed today. We're just doing post-practice availability. Um, I, I will say if, if I'm allowed to kind of put two and two together, number one, um, this is the first Monday practice that hasn't been open in the preseason. Number two, Tom Allen did say that he – he wanted to have a starting quarterback named sort of post-scrimmage Saturday. They had another scrimmage on Saturday because he wants his starting quarterback to have basically two weeks of practice cycle, you know, to prepare as the starter to, to, to sort of, you know, have the confidence of knowing they're number one, but also just in terms of whether you're in meetings, whether you're getting practice reps, all those different things. Um, and that's going to be important for whomever was picked. My point here is I, I think to pick somebody, I'm just not sure it's, it's trickled out yet. Last year, to be fair, well, I think a lot of us presumed it was Connor Bazelak. Um, you know, it wasn't something that was sort of publicly known and, until the Illinois game. We'll see if they can keep it fully under wraps here, I say, in, in, uh, within earshot of an IU media relations staffer as we speak. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if if they can keep it uh, fully under wraps this season or not. But I, I, I suspect that if that decision has not been made, then it will be uh, pretty immediately forthcoming. Again, the question is just whether or not we'll find out about it. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, talking about IU in the upcoming uh, football season. You know, I, I didn't think of this when I came on the air this morning. It wasn't in my notes. It wasn't a topic to bring up with you. But uh, technically, we are within week one of the co- or week zero, I should say, of the college football season there will be a slate of games this weekend coming up. So the season is basically here at this point and uh, just uh, weeks away now for Indiana for their official start. Yep. Um, and boy, doesn't it feel like it. It is roasting hot outside. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, again, this is this is where obviously if you are playing week zero, there's a handful of teams. I think Notre Dame is in Dublin this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then, you know, you... You know, you're, I mean, you're in game week. I think for more programs, really, more what you see is, is what you're going to see in Indiana, which is you, you kind of stop patterning your practices after camp, and you start patterning, you start patterning, patterning. There we go. Get that word out. Your practices after what game weeks will look like. So on Monday of game week, you'll do this. On Tuesday of game week, you'll do this. On Wednesday, on Thursday. I mean, even up to the to the extent that Indiana's last preseason scrimmage, which is Saturday. Um, probably Saturday at 3.30, I'm guessing, will be built 
to mimic game day Saturday two weeks from now against Ohio State as much as humanly possible. And so I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where you get into, again, shifting from this feel of it's the offseason or it's the preseason, whatever you want to say, for a lot of programs around the country. This week is when you, you actually start trying to move into that, you know, that, that game week mindset. And maybe you don't play a game for two weeks, but you almost want like a, a practice run game week um, before you have your actual game week to try and smooth out as many rough edges as you can. No question, Zach Ostrom in the Indianapolis Star. He joins us Monday, Zach. I know you're busy getting ready for a media availability. We'll chat with you next week. Appreciate the input. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. All right, Zach Osterman with us on this Monday program. Hard to believe, week zero of college football here, and, of course, week one of high school football in the books on Friday night. I wonder what's going to happen later this week. I wonder if there's a chance with weather. I haven't looked at the specific days of these heat advisories that we're getting, but I wonder if it will force any changes for the varsity football games. As I mentioned, I've seen a couple JV games tonight here in the area that have been uh, canceled or postponed because of weather, and I think athletic directors across the area, we'll talk with Chad Gilbert here in the next segment, but I think they are absolutely uh, intending on moving things back and ready to juggle the the calendar and schedules around uh, to make sure things can be played as safely as possible, or maybe they can't be played this week or in the next few days and have to be moved around. But it will be interesting to see what happens when it comes to Week 2 high school football games a little bit later in the week. couple texts on the Thornton's text line I want to get to. Texter says, so Coach Woodson was given a raise on his vision for the program as opposed to his performance? No, I'm, I'm sure it was based on what he's the successes that he's found to date, uh, but I do think that his raise allows him and the IU program to continue to climb the stature or stay at the stature you would like the IU basketball program to be. But no, absolutely the raise based on uh, some of the successes that he's had. He's had a number of them early in his tenure, and things, again, just feel to be trending in the right direction, whether it's on the court or recruiting or with players leaving and getting developed uh, in, under his direction for the NBA. Make a lot of positives here early on for Mike Woodson. We'll see how things continue, but thank you for the text. And then here's a great text I want to share. This is the kind of report I love to see. Uh, Andy from New Albany says, while unfortunate and disappointing that the NCAA reinterpreted their own rules so close to FanFest, we decided to make the trip to Bloomington and support the players and teams. My kids had a great time and got to meet all the players and get autographs and photos. My daughter was thrilled to get a basketball signed by her favorite player, Trey Galloway. Anthony Walker and Xavier Johnson were also highlights with their fun personalities. It was neat chatting briefly as we went through the autograph lines. We have a team of some very nice men and women. Excited to see them on the court. Calvert Chaney getting a standing ovation was a highlight for me and my wife, both IU alums. The players seem to really be valuing his presence already as many were coming up to him. It's going to be an exciting season. Again, that text from Andy in New Albany. Great report. Thank you for that. That's really the most I've seen or heard about FanFest on Saturday night in Bloomington, but all those things are interesting to hear and kind of a look behind the scenes at uh, how the IU players interact with the kids. That's important and uh, neat to see Calvert Cheney get such an ovation as well and not surprised at all to see players gravitate toward him for advice and friendship uh, with the season just around the corner. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Chad Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown High School, will join the show. 
and we'll talk week one of high school football. We'll talk about this heat and how it might affect high school schedules across the area this week. And plenty more coming up. Stay with us. This is a Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.